Christmas. If I ever need to find an egg casserole recipe, I think I know where I'll ask. <laughs> it was a very good breakfast. Thank you for everybody who, who brought that. Uh, got a few announcements for you this morning. 
Um, we'll be service will be a little different this morning. We're going to go through the Christmas story interspersed with some Christmas carols. Uh, so I think uh, we'll all really enjoy that in remembering uh, just the miraculous birth of our Savior. Amen. Uh, and then um, so uh, we'll clean up afterwards and. Uh, We've got some baptisms this morning. What a wonderful morning to celebrate with baptisms. Amen. Uh, so that's going to be awesome. Uh, there will be no youth over Christmas break. I think it's January 10th. Is that when youth will resume? So uh, keep that in your in your thoughts, kids. Um, there's a new uh, sign-up sheet for church cleaning. So if you give that some attention, we'd appreciate it. Um, Tara is working to get an after-school program started, and so if you would be interested in helping out with something like that, uh, you can visit with her. And then we've got we've got Project Rescue offering uh, coming up next week. So all kinds of things going on. Let's open with prayer this morning, <clears throat> and then. Are you, then we're pastor going to start with the Christmas story. All right. Father God, we just thank you this morning that we can come into this place. We can remember the Christ child, our, our, our Savior, our Messiah. We're so, so thankful uh, for the gift that you gave, Father God, for your grace and your love for us. Uh, and so we celebrate that, Father God, all year long, but especially this time of year where we celebrate that gift that was given the relationship that it allows us to have in you, the, the hope of eternity, Father God, in you because of the child that was given uh, and the sacrifice that you made for us, Father God. And we love you so much. We thank you for that this morning. We pray that you'd be glorified in this service this morning, that, that you would be honored and that you would be worshipped, Father God. Your spirit would be here among us and we celebrate as well these uh, new births in Christ, Father God, that we're going to celebrate this morning as well. So what a wonderful morning it's going to be, Father God, and we just pray that you would receive all the glory and the honor in it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Walt explained what my plan is. You can be seated or you can stand up. It's perfectly up to you. We're going to sing songs and we're going to read. If you want to stand up and sit down, you can do that too. Whatever makes you happy, however you're comfortable this morning. Uh, but we are... Um, going to look at the story of Jesus' birth. And I know it's something that may seem simplistic. It's maybe something you've heard a thousand times, but I don't think we can hear the good news enough. Amen. I think it's important to hear the good news. It's important to be able to reflect on the good news. The only time their phones ring are when you guys are here, by the way. <laughs> that is the only time their phones ever ring when you guys, when you guys are here. I think the grandkids do it to them on purpose. I've seen their videos. I bet they do it on purpose and then call her right when church starts. I mean, I don't know where they get it from, Laura. Anyway, a good news. It's good. It brings joy. I mean, that's really what this season is about. So we're going to read the good news. I'm going to begin in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, 
Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to the Son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. Amen? Amen. He will save people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us.
continues, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home to be his wife. He did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. In Luke chapter 2, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken in the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the Bethlehem, the town of David.
says in verse 5, He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. But while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. So she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Joy to the world. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths in clothes and lying in a manger.
this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. 
And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told.
We've been looking this month at, at just Christmas carols and, and just the story that they tell. So that's why I thought it was very appropriate to tell the story with some of those very Christmas carols in it. Um, I'm going to mention the tithes and offerings, the boxes in the back. If you have a tither offering this morning, uh, you can put it in there. I want to pray for that, Father. Uh, we thank you so much for a God who fulfills. And we can put a confidence in you, God, that when you make a promise that you will fulfill it. And we honor you with our tithes, we honor you with our offerings, because we know that we can trust you, Lord, with everything we have. I pray for those who give and have a heart to give, Lord, they, they experience your best, Emmanuel, in every area of their lives. I pray for our church, Lord, that we can be wise with everything that we have, that we can make kingdom investments and reap your harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. One quick commercial I will make. Um, there is uh, Vita's funeral is going to be on Wednesday at 2. If some people would like to make cookies for that, I was kind of waiting to, to put this out there. Visit with Donna, give her a call, her phone works, um, and let her know how, how many cookies you'll bring. John, that one was for you. Um, let her know. Uh, you can bring some cookies. We're just going to bless them in that way. Uh, and so that's that was my one commercial. Uh, I want to do... We're going to have baptisms in just a moment, and, and this morning has been different, and my preaching time is going to be different. Um, but I do want to spend a little bit of time looking at some particular characters in that story. And they're characters that I think many of us in this room, not myself included, but others in this room, can relate to very well, and that's the shepherds. Uh, they're an interesting character in the, story, in the story, right? They were out watching their flocks at night when these angels appeared. And I just want to look at the way they responded 
to the message. I want to look at the way they responded to what they heard, what, what steps they followed, because honestly, as I was preparing for this morning, not exactly knowing what direction I was going to go, I believe that through baptism, the, the young men that I'm aware of that are participating in baptism, they're following a similar path to the shepherds, right? Because the shepherds were out watching their flocks, and then the angels told them, and they sang, and all this cool stuff happened out in the field. The angels left them. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The angels heard good news, and their first step was to explore it and find out whether it's true. You know, most of us, we have a peculiar nature, and we want to know if what we hear is true. If I hung up a wet paint sign on the back wall this morning, I bet 75% of the people that walked in this room would explore whether the words were true, right? Every single one of us would go and, why? I don't know. We're a peculiar people. We're going to touch that wall and look at our hand. The shepherds heard good news from the angels, and what was their response? Their response was to go to the place they said this good news was taking place. And so they went to Bethlehem, and they explored to discover the truth. Isn't that appropriate for our faith? Isn't that appropriate for who we are as followers of Christ? At some point in time, at some point in our journey, someone, a messenger, took the time to tell us good news. The good news we just read. God made a promise to send his son, Jesus Christ. He sent his son because he loved us. He sent his son because sin was an issue in this world. And his son was the only way to atone for that sin completely. He sent his son so that every one of us could have forgiveness. We've heard that message and many of us have explored that message to see whether it is true. We've looked to see what forgiveness is truly feels like. We've looked at the cross to see what Jesus Christ accomplished. We've looked at the promises of God to see how that's fulfilled in us. And when they went to Bethlehem, guess what they saw? Everything that they were told they would see. So learning from our shepherds, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. Faith in Christ is incredible. Because when I discover the good news in Jesus Christ, I have something to tell. Every single one of us who has experienced the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ, we have a story of good news to tell. It's called our testimony. We will overcome by the word of our testimony in the blood of the Lamb. The shepherds, when they saw something good, you know what I'm not going to talk about today? One moment. I'm not going to talk about that dumb football game yesterday afternoon. Yeah, I ain't talking about that one. 
Now, if they won yesterday, we have something to talk about. You know, but it's interesting for us, you know, and this is something I've seen in humanity. It's funny how we tend to tell bad news more than we tend to tell good news. You don't know when that changes in life. Like for kids, like when they get a good grade or something good happens or they get the memory verse right in kids' church, the first thing they want to do is tell us the good news. But at some point in our lives, it shifts, and all we want to tell people is the bad news. But maybe we need to get in the presence of Jesus Christ. Maybe we need to look at the truth and see the revelation of the truth and how this truth applies to my life. The application of Jesus Christ means I'm a new creation in him. What was is gone. I mean, that's something to talk about. I remember when I got saved, if we use those words that way, and I use it in quotation marks because I didn't come to an altar. I don't know the specific moment that it happened in my life, but I know that I experienced Jesus Christ. It was between my sophomore and junior year of high school. I'd heard about the good news, and I began to explore. And I got near the Christ child. I got near the Word of God who was made flesh and made his dwelling among us. And you know what happened when I came back to school after the summer of my sophomore and junior year? My friends looked at me. I didn't know anything was different. And they said, where did the old Steve go? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. They said, the old Steve, where's the guy that, that used to act this way? And it took that moment for me to realize that I've been made a new creation. And I could tell them about what happened in my life this summer. When we experience Jesus Christ, we have something to tell. I want to say to you this morning, sometimes we minimize our stories. Your story is powerful and effective. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. They might not look at you like this is interesting. They might even make fun of you when you tell them. But I promise all who hear about Jesus Christ's encounter in your life are amazed whether they show it or not. It's the truth. And the truth doesn't return void. The third thing. Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. How do we not glorify God when the weight of sin is lifted? How do we not praise God when, when the fear of death and an eternity of separation from him is taken from our life. How do we not praise and glorify God when we hear the promise that he's gone to prepare a place for us? When we hear the truth that he's written our name in the book of life? When we know that he's got an eternal home for us, free from the bondage of this world, free from the sickness, free from the darkness, free from the sin, free from the stuff that just stinks. We've got a place that he's prepared for us. How can we not glorify God? That's, that's what the shepherds did. That's what two young men are about to do. And, and I, I want to say this this morning. You know, earlier this year, Walt, in faith, brought a stack of towels to church. And they've been here, and I pulled those stack of towels out this morning. 
I know it's frigid outside, and someone may not have a change of clothes. But I got two kids that I know, two young men that are going to get baptized this morning, and I want to extend the invitation to anyone else who feels inclined to be a shepherd today. Because what do we do? The first thing these young men are going to do as they stand up here is they're going to tell you why they want to be baptized today. See, they've gone the first step. They've explored the truth before this morning and found the truth of Jesus Christ. And the next thing they're going to do is to proclaim to the witnesses that are in this room, that's the point of baptism, an outward evidence of what God has done inwardly in us. They're going to declare to this room why they want to be baptized. They're going to declare to this room what they've seen and heard, what they've learned to be truth. And then they're going to step in this tank, and this tank, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. It looks like a big bathtub, and who wants to get in a big bathtub in front of a lot of people, right? I mean, that's strange. If you'd never gone to church before and you saw some people getting in a big bathtub, you would wonder what in the world is going on. I mean, this has even got little swirls in it because it's like a hot tub motor. I mean, you know, so whatever. It's a peculiar thing, but why do we do it? Why do we get baptized? We get baptized to glorify God. His word says to us, his children, that we repent and are baptized. Why? It's an act of submission to the king. It's an act that maybe in this world doesn't make a lot of sense, that maybe in this world to a lot of people it seems peculiar or odd, but to God it's a way for us to say, God, you've asked me to do this, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to identify with your life. I'm going to identify with your resurrection. I'm going to identify with your death, that I'm a new creation. They're going to glorify God in what they say, in what they do. That's... The shepherds, you guys can come forward. And again, I will say if anyone else this morning says, I, I, I can resonate with these young men, I've heard the good news, and I've discovered the truth. If anyone wants to stand up here with them, Joe is in his shorts because he's getting in the tank to baptize his son. That's the other thing about pastor. I always want it to be someone who's integral in your life. It's not just pastors who get to baptize people. That's my theology. If you've got a problem with it, we can talk later. I think he told us all to go baptize, but that's besides the point. Uh, so I like to be a part of it, but I like people who are integral in their life to be the one who does the baptism. And so this morning, uh, I, I just want to spend a moment. I, I know one of these children really well. I know the other one pretty well. He's at my house quite a bit too. And so, Graham, I'm going to ask you a question. Why do you want to be baptized today? I believe that Jesus is God's son, <laughs> and, so close. and that he died on the cross for our sins, and I will follow him for the rest of my life and learn as much as I can. That's good news. As a dad, that's that's really good news. Barrett, you ready? You want to tell them why you're going to get baptized this morning? I want to be baptized because I love Jesus and accepted him into my heart. I want to go to heaven, and I want to always be a go- good kid for God. 
That's good news. They explored. Again, we have two young men. Praise the Lord for those of you who invest your time in our kids' ministries. Thank you for presenting them the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for parents who have taught your kids about who Jesus Christ is. It's good news. And the next step we get to do, uh, we'll go Barrett first and Grandma will go second. 